0: Hi Tendai very lovely to to ECU I know that we had met albeit virtually a couple of times but it's lovely 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 to connect welcome
1: thank you so much I'm really happy to be here
0: lovely so Tendai Shatima um this is a podcast for the working girl and I would like you to please introduce yourself just tell us I mean obviously now I've told everyone your name but just tell me what it is
1: you know, you do, and then we'll delve right into it. Over to you. Great. Um, So I'm an actress. I'm from Zimbabwe. I'm currently living in Johannesburg. I I have a keen interest in film and media, and um, not only that, but how it it interacts with business. And so sometimes I'm a consultant, and, um, but I'm passionate about what I do, and, I'm happy to see that the African continent is finally embracing storytelling and that there are more and more films coming out of our continent.
0: Love it, love it, love it, love it. I mean, I like that, you know, you're just not in the expression side, you're also in the business side, because I think that's where a lot of the power um also lies. So so maybe I'll step you back a bit, which is tell me fully, you know, about you, how you arrived here. And then just tell me, and, and when I mean here, is here as an actress, you know, and a business person, but it's also here at St. Johannesburg, um, South Africa.
1: Great. So I grew up in Zimbabwe, in Harare. And um, for those who are listening who might know Harare, I grew up in Marlborough and I went to Gateway High School. So I went to a private school and I was very fortunate to do that. Like, um, my parents had, like, um, well, they, I managed to get a scholarship, basically, um, a part scholarship to go to a private school in Arare. And so I grew up, um, I think I was privileged to be um, exposed to a little bit of the arts, um, but a little bit of the arts, but it wasn't it wasn't a uh, as much I guess as I would have loved to at an at early age because I also grew up in a very conservative family and so not just, my family, not just my family but society right so the arts were kind of seen as quote unquote ungodly or whatever uh-huh. so but I was very very talented um in terms of writing I won some awards um and I did English literature in 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 uh-huh. high school and uh-huh. I got A's for that so I was I, wow. I knew I, I loved it it's just uh-huh. that um, I, I wasn't exposed to it much and then I took a gap year after high school and I decided to work at um, what is called Haifa or what was called Haifa it's no longer um, you know being held anymore in Arari but um, the Harare International Festival of Arts and it was my first time ever uh, being in at this festival and I was working there. It was a Mm two-week festival. And I remember just feeling, oh my goodness, I I just love, 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 love this atmosphere. Mm -hmm. If I could just live in in an arts environment and work in Mm -hmm. an arts environment my entire life, I'd be happy. Mm -hmm. So I applied for the closest thing that I would have been allowed to apply for at that time. Mm -hmm. I applied to study media at the University Mm -hmm. of Cape Town. And Mm -hmm. um, I got in. Uh which was fantastic Uh, and I my plan was to become an an arts journalist like an entertainment journalist right and so I arrived at UCT and again coming from Zimbabwe conservative society Uh I got to UCT and it's this beautiful um, liberal like just culturally diverse place and I was Uh so excited uh-huh. And I remember, you know, I was out on my own now, you know, away from family and friends that I'd uh-huh. grown up with. And so I, I remember feeling like I could, it was a chance for me to kind of discover who I was and discover what I love to do. Uh-huh. And also, without any judgment or like preconceived ideas or whatever uh-huh. and so i remember going through the handbook for the humanities handbook um that had all the courses right that you could select for elective courses and i i found there that i could study drama so I remember i had studied lit- literature in high school and right. literature in high school involved drama it involved right. um you know plays a lot of theater uh-huh. plays uh-huh. and some of which were actually south african right so uh-huh. i um of you got you know i would, I would uh, I was very much you know interested in South African theatre because of its role especially during uh-huh. the part then. and uh-huh. so having the opportunity to study drama at UCT mm-hmm. and I didn't even know that universities in Africa offered drama that's how close I was I was so excited so I decided you know what why don't I just take it for a year or for I think at first it was a semester mm-hmm. and I decided anyway to be a journalist at that time I was still a bit shy so I decided well drama would definitely help me with my you know confidence yeah so I, I had to talk myself into it because uh-huh. again like I said where I was coming from no one would have <laughs> allowed me to do such a thing uh-huh. and so I spoke myself into doing it first semester uh-huh. came the first semester I did drama I loved it I uh-huh. decided to do it again for another second uh, second semester by the end of the year I, I decided I'm going to make it one of my majors uh-huh. so in second year i decided to add two majors film and drama so i was i did wow. a triple major yeah i ended up doing a triple major film media and drama and i graduated with that at the end of three years and um so that's how i i came to south africa it was through school and um i i discovered what i love to do right at ct and then my parents actually moved to south africa and they moved okay. to Johannesburg when i was in second year and oh, so by right. the time I finished my degree, they were living in Joburg. And so I just stayed on and mm. moved to Joburg. Mm. That's how I came to Joburg. Oh um, right. yeah, that's the long story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's fine. I mean, I think I think first even before I delve back into, into your stories to say how blessed you are. There are not too many people who are living their dreams. When I find people who are living their dreams, I'm normally really excited. There are lots of people who have gone to uni, have all the degrees, all the way to honors, and they're just not doing, you know, what it is that they've dreamt. So I think it's first well done on being able to to discover your yourself and what you wanted early. And I suppose the next bit is also well done for, for staying within, you know, your space. So, so it's great to hear that you had, you know, some um, immediate, can I call it that, family support with landing in, in Johannesburg. But can I just ask what were, you know, the few shocks you had in terms of integrating into the system? Um, so, oh.
1: Yeah, so, you know, the first shock that I got, and I'm telling you, the first month I was in Joburg, I wanted to go back to Cape Town. I was like yeah I, I was actually depressed for like a few months <laughs> when mm-hmm. I got to Joburg and this is because Cape Town and Joburg are very very different spaces yeah.
0: Cape yeah. Town is
1: is I guess because of its um, beauty and everything and it's, it's a huge tourist attraction so there mm-hmm. are a lot of international people there there are a lot of people from all over the world and they're usually on holiday or they are creatives or and it's a very laid back um mm-hmm community there uh-huh. in, in cape town and also remember i was coming from uni and university uh-huh. at, of cape town is va- it's, it's a very diverse place and so um when i got to Joburg though the the atmosphere is very different people are uh, a bit more closed off in some ways and it's a big big city very very um fast paced and you know people are working really really hard I mean people come to Joburg to hustle and then they go to Cape Town for holiday you know what I mean so mm-hmm. it's like uh, the environment was very very different for me and uh-huh. I remember feeling like oh my gosh yes I have chosen to do you know acting and film but I knew nothing <laughs> I felt like I was now like thrown into the deep end and I didn't know what to do and um uh-huh in terms of like support yes my family uh in terms of i think the move my family was supportive in terms of like a geographic location move but in terms of my career as well, like i had a bit of i had i still had a bit of convincing to do um and persuasion (laughs) for my parents Mm. to really accept that i'd become an actress um what ended up happening was um you know i think for a while as well, like in terms of integration. The only friend uh-huh. I had was um there was a high school friend like in Zimbabwe. There was a senior of mine um who had studied at Gateway as well, like with the high right. school. Uh-huh. She was actually Congolese. And they uh-huh. had been her and her siblings had been at our high school for a number of years before uh-huh. they left and to, to join because her, her dad was like a diplomat and they moved around. Uh-huh. And so she lived close to my house uh, when, I, when, when I moved in with my parents. Um, uh-huh. And, and uh, she was like my only friend. Her and the family were oh, our friend like, for the longest time. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, again, kind of integrating into uh-huh. the new society, the uh-huh. only people that I could really, really talk to were people I knew from back then who were not uh-huh. actually South African. Um, and then in terms of me wanting to be in the industry, it was kind of difficult because i'm not south african and so
0: mm.
1: um finding roles for me i think for a really really long time finding roles for me where it was a bit difficult I, I was fortunate enough to um to eventually well i, I was fortunate enough to to get uh-huh. into an agency an acting agency that uh-huh. that would get a lot of international briefs for uh-huh. for work so when i say international briefs, i mean maybe an american movie wants to come you know film in south africa um Mm -hmm. they would get like you know contacted and you know they'll be scouting for actors things like that so i i started getting um you know experience in terms of auditioning and things like that through Mm -hmm. those briefs right so i auditioned for things like i don't know if you remember there was a new remake of roots um that was yeah that was a series they made it a series i auditioned for something like that for example um mm. i auditioned for british shows as well and films so there was a at least uh-huh. in that sense um i wasn't yes i wasn't a good fit for the local you know soapies in the local um right at the beginning at least i wasn't a good fit uh-huh. but i i discovered that you know it, it, it at least gave me a broader perspective like fine i'm not South african but at least um you know, the world is big. And if I decide to, uh, you know, I should probably Mm -hmm. uh, decide to want to be an international actress and not necessarily just say, um, Mm -hmm. because I think when I graduated, my whole thing was I'm going to make it in South Africa. But I think it Mm -hmm. opened my mind up to kind of think of uh, my career as more of an international career and Mm -hmm. not necessarily, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, a South African career. Mm -hmm. But luckily my first role, after like three years of auditioning with nothing, Mm -hmm um i finally got my goodness
0: you must no 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 we mustn't move on from this (laughs) three years of auditioning with nothing how did you cope how did you manage do with nothing because because rejection is hard but rejection over three years must be harder so it'd be great to hear how you survived that period because i'm sure one or two working girls would learn something from it
1: please go ahead definitely you know it's a it's a huge part of the story that i tell because um you know now where i am i mean I'm, I'm nowhere close to where i want to be but now where i am people usually ask me so like what was your journey and when i tell them that part about three years with nothing
0: mm. um
1: they usually get shocked They're like what really i'm like yeah that you know that's the story that's the journey you know and for me i think i had to come to terms again with um the fact that everyone has their own journey have their own path mm-hmm. because there's some people i studied with at uct for example um they were getting work quicker than i was um and you know there were south africans as well because i i think actually in my uh drama class at uct i was the only i think i was the only non-south african in my class right um there weren't other i mean it's not common i guess in general for in africa parents don't tell their children to study drama <laughs> so and, and mm-hmm. worst of like zimbabwean parents hardly tell their children and i think it's changing over time but like in that year i'm the only one who actually i think i was the only zimbabwean who graduated um with the with the drama degree but in all that to say you know by the time i was now auditioning and everything i think i had i had the sense of I knew that it was going to be kind of like a lonely road but like you said the three years were very very tough and um i wanted to quit so many times i i i was like i said you know it's it's very hard like you i guess what ends up happening is once you if you decide you want to do something you have to you have to decide just how bad you want it Mm. and you have to do whatever it takes when I say whatever it takes I mean Mm. just keep working hard you know work on Mm. your craft and make sure that when the opportunity Mm. comes they think of you and they they decide okay it's you I remember going to auditions over those three years I would go to Mm -hmm. as many auditions as I could and I remember Mm. my agent saying to me Tendai, it doesn't matter what audition we're sending you to, just keep going because Mm -hmm. at least then they'll remember you, they'll recognize you like Mm. each time and they'll be like, oh we've seen her audition for that and this and even though you're not getting the gig Mm -hmm. um, they now know you exist these are casting directors and everything so I... I took that to heart and I, I was really, because remember, I was still with my family then. So it's like, they were asking me what's going on? Like, why aren't you uh, getting anything? We would take you to school to get work. Why aren't you getting work? Um, and I was really stubborn. And I still kind of am stubborn up until today. I was going to say, um, so the three years, what actually ended up happening was, it was so tough and so difficult that I actually decided I was going to do something else. And that's when I studied my MBA. Uh-huh. um you know I was advised uh-huh. you know um to have like a plan B in case my career doesn't work out and you know I I'd actually kind of walked away from it um but I think when something is meant to be yours it is yours because uh-huh. then what happened was the year I was now studying so I, I had to apply um for an MBA program at FITS. Uh-huh. I got in thank God um and then as I was starting my journey, that's when I actually was kind of headhunted
0: uh-huh.
1: for a role. And oh, wow. this role was actually a Zimbabwean role. Right. Something interesting to note, by the way, is in those three years when I was struggling to get work, I actually had a love hate relationship with my Zimbabwean identity.
0: Oh, because right. it was
1: actually, I don't know if you remember, in 2015, there were like some really hectic xenophobia attacks yes and um i remember thinking to myself i was unemployed i was just like at home and i was struggling to get into the film industry into the tv industry mm-hmm. and i remember thinking to myself oh my gosh like is this ever gonna happen you know what i mean and uh-huh. i was so so uh, discouraged and so um what they ended up the, ironically uh-huh. the first role that i got was of a zimbabwean student at a university and that series was actually tackling xenophobia and i i, I started and, and what was it. the name of the series it was called mutual friends it was actually in its season two so i okay. came in in season two it was on sabc all right and, yeah and they decided to tackle xenophobia. and i remember thinking to myself this is so ironic like Mm. i have kind of been um struggling with my zimbabwean identity within uh-huh. south africa uh-huh. and my uh-huh. first role is they want me to be a zimbabwean student <laughs> who's facing xenophobia and like discussing xenophobia and things like that so it was very very shocking i was like maybe god was preparing me for that i don't know but like yeah it works out <laughs> in the, for, good. Like, for good right yeah i agree i agree and and the three
0: lessons that i take from from the waiting period is is one how deeply do you want it mm-hmm. and i suppose that's what kept you going on if i pick from what you're saying yeah. the second piece is that pursuit is the evidence of desire mm-hmm. you know which just kept you going on and on and pushing and, and i think the third one i don't know how to completely coin it but i think if you don't mind i can perhaps say there is a god factor
1: there and is definitely divine correct. intervention
0: <laughs> correct there's a divine intervention and um, obviously because the one thing you were trying to change is the one thing you know that you used to exactly. to breaking or build your identity exactly. so so tell me because now obviously in the book club which is where i first met her um yes. lady who are listening <laughs> i mean i'm sitting in this book club and they're passing down this wrong thing oh tendai cook off and everybody's saying well done girl well done this is so cool and i'm thinking (laughs) it was this girl so so tendai do you want to speak to me about how you got into this amazing cook off this netflix Mm -hmm. um um series and just just tell us a bit about it because now you're a big girl as they say.
1: Um, So yes, um, the first Zimbabwean production on Netflix was my first feature film so it was actually again you know a god thing and again ironic because like I said for those three years I was really when I say I was really struggling with my identity I think being Zimbabwean in this country kind of it made me feel so small like oh my gosh you know is this Uh, i remember my parents especially when i started um when i moved to joburg they were very afraid for me to actually move around joburg um oh by the way i didn't say this i didn't mention this but you know i I had a a, a job um as a roadshow host for um it was like a youth marketing company and would go to different high schools around uh-huh. Johannesburg and I remember feeling so afraid at first because my parents had told me it's a very dangerous place for foreigners etc and I was my co-host was actually Congolese like another Congolese like someone oh, I yeah. met yeah uh-huh. um, and he was working for the street marketing company as well and we did such a great job it was so much fun But Uh after those six months of going on the road to different high schools, I mean, we'd go to Africana high schools, private Uh schools, public schools, every kind of high school you could think of. Uh And I remember, you know, just kind of feeling more at home in Jo'burg in that sense. Because I was traveling with a guy who was also a foreigner, but he had grown up all his life in Johannesburg. So he knew all the ins and outs and he knew how Uh to handle situations. And I remember learning from him. and mm. i just kind of integrate tried my best to integrate and i am I'm, I'm less afraid of johannesburg now than mm. i was at the beginning but i wow. think it's just about you know being street smart and kind of knowing what to do when anyway let's fast forward mm-hmm. back to cook um i had mm-hmm. this like weird relationship with my identity my smart identity and what mm-hmm. i've realized ever since that first uh, job with mutual mm-hmm. friends is that i literally Every role I've gotten has been about me being Zimbabwean and my experience oh, wow. as a Zimbabwean woman. Um oh and so um what what happened with Cook Off was actually I guess there are lots of lessons to learn here as well. I was getting um all these TV shows onto TV shows now. So I, I was now on SABC, I did Isidingo. Oh did, you did Isidingo. Yeah, I featured on again. Okay, guess what role I was playing? <laughs> Just oh, tell me <laughs> this became like a, a, a trend with me right I was not getting all these roles of like Zimbabwean women women who are either maids or being trafficked. Oh wow and that didn't sit well with me to be honest like I was grateful now that I, I was getting work but then now I was I was a bit like concerned with the the kinds of roles I was getting right. consistently. <laughs> I was literally, I was, I think I played, um, a human trafficked prostitute three times and mm-hmm. it was really getting to me because I was like, why, why is it, why are these the only stories being uh-huh. told about, um, Zimbabwean women? Or sometimes it would be like, you could either be Nigerian or Kenyan, like in you the know, brief, they'll
0: give. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask you what types of characters you're playing in both instances. We'll just pretend and move on.
1: <laughs> the thing is, no, the thing is for me, um, you know it's 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 again remember i am not just an actress i'm also a person who likes to interrogate because i'm mm. i'm coming from a business perspective i'm coming from a development perspective as well mm-hmm. so for me it was like why is why are these the only stories being told about mm-hmm. Zimbabwe? oh for uh none 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 national yes exactly and then so for me it was it was um an eye-opening experience and i remember deciding for myself i wanted to tell a different kind of story mm. um And I wasn't the only one. I remember speaking to an older uh, Zimbabwean lady who now is based in Hollywood. She started also in South Africa. And I remember she actually told me, she said she used to say no to these roles. So Mm -hmm. I, I, on the other hand, decided, okay, well, every story is worth telling. And I was actually um you know saying yes to these roles uh-huh. um whereas she i remember her telling me that she actually would say she didn't want to act in any of these roles because she didn't agree uh-huh. with. Uh-huh. but then for me again like i'm saying there is there's nothing wrong with telling you know the tragic story of these women who are in reality they are women like that in in south africa mm. who, jump the border, they don't have anywhere to go, they mm. end up in very promiscuous situations and very mm. um, desperate situations. Mm. And it's it's heartbreaking to say the least. Some of them end mm. up dead, some of mm. them you know, end up in all kinds of situations. Mm. And that, those stories are worth telling. But I, I, I started believing, because I was also, you know, who is representing the other Zimbabwean women who are here legally, Correct. Who are in spaces and places, who are making a difference in South Africa? Mm-hmm. Who are actually, you know, CEOs who mm-hmm. are you know, lecturers who are doing great things in South Africa? Mm-hmm. For me, that I, I want. There are people. many. There
0: are so many that I meet in the course of my work that are doing amazing, amazing yes.
1: stuff in the business and world. I just wanted a balance, right? So, mm-hmm. so what actually led me to being on Cook Off was um, there was a year. I think it was I was not doing my MBA. And I was getting a bit wary of all these roles I was getting side for. Because I realized that, okay, I'm not going to be able to break the ceiling, right? There seems to be a ceiling as a Zimbabwean, like the kinds of roles I can get. I wasn't Mm -hmm. getting any lead roles. It was mostly supporting or featured roles. Right. So I I was like, well, I know in Zimbabwe, there are no... the, The industry there is very, very small. And I know there weren't... There wasn't much. In fact, people here zimbabweans in south africa would tell me don't go back to zim there is nothing there for you in the film industry like that's the advice uh-huh. i was giving um but i was very determined i was like no i've tried in south africa to uh-huh. to build my career and uh-huh. it's not really working the way i had assumed it would work uh-huh. out so let me try so i remember one of my best friends was getting married uh, back in zim and i decided you know while i'm in zimbabwe for um a month I'm going uh-huh. to actually look at film production companies there and find out if there are any and what they do. I reached out to two producers that I had uh-huh. kind of known along the way. Uh-huh. And I told them I was going to and be there.
0: The, does the sector have any name? Um, the film industry in Zim. You know how we've got Bollywood Nollywood. <laughs> it, I is mean, there was, a
1: time, there was a time when we were calling ourselves Zollywood, but I don't think that stuck. Right.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> got it.
1: Got it. Yeah, no, no, I don't think that stuck. Um, not us. When I say small, I mean literally our industry is fledgling. um it's, right. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not as developed as we would love it to be. And this is why, this is another thing that actually pushed me on my journey was I realized that there aren't a lot of me's around. And mm-hmm. if I don't, if I give up and if I quit, I'm just proving everybody right because everyone was saying to me don't do it, right? Don't be in this industry. Don't be an actress. And yet I love it so much. And I said to myself, uh-huh. well, if I don't make it, if I don't push uh-huh. and, and, and actually achieve something, what am I saying to other people who might want to follow, you know, in these footsteps and help? So now the more I, I grow in my career, I'm more and more um, determined to make sure that I make, you know, some changes that I can on my own or in my own capacity rather, uh-huh. um, to make sure that young people can also study uh, film and, you know, go to drama school. And so we can actually have an industry. So that's like our, our main goal right now in Zimbabwe uh-huh. is to build the film industry. And so I did go and I, and I well, I did go. Um well, actually what happened was before I left for the wedding, uh-huh. um, I was now in contact. This is on Facebook, by the way. Facebook. all right right. It's not even emails. I'm oh, I'm wow. I'm messaging this producer so, so, so I
0: think people must listen and know that social media really works and and and, it and it's not even funny I say to people social media works don't just have a mindset like people are always fighting it's a bit crappy please tell me I'm all ears carry on <laughs>
1: Facebook I'm messaging this producer and um and I say to him listen I'm gonna be in Zoom for a month I, I'm, I'm just really desperate like no i didn't say i'm desperate i just said i just want to know if there's anything you're working on in zimbabwe mm-hmm. and can i be on set can i check it out i because i had never been on a Zimbabwean set and then he said oh well, actually it took a while to respond which was very frustrating right. and so <laughs> i kept hounding him though because mm-hmm. i was leaving for Zim in like two weeks and i was hounding him I need to have a plan I, I don't know something came upon again divine intervention something came upon me and said push this thing right so i was hounding him no you have to tell me uh mm-hmm. is there something is there something and then eventually actually responded do you know what he said to me
0: uh-uh.
1: he said we are actually working on a film and we still don't have our lead and oh, I wow. think you're the best person for this role no and like, really God, I, I mean, exactly I have what I wanted but I was frustrated with the roles I was getting South Africa and I was I wanted lead roles in fact my whole goal was I want a lead role and mm. I decided I'd, I'd kind of it was a realization I'd had that I would probably get a lead role in a Zimbabwean production that's this is why mm. I was trying to get into the Zimbabwean film industry and lo and behold this producer says he has a lead role for me. And, oh, wow. you know, and I'd never been in films. So I was like, you know what? I'm I'm down. Stan. What do we need to do? Yeah. Um. And he introduced me to the director, Thomas Brickle. So the producer's name is called Joe Jagu And uh-huh. Thomas Brickle was the director. And it was cook-off. It was, you know, the movie that's now on Netflix. It was my first feature film. So literally, I left the, the, um, the following week after I'd read the script, I left for Zim. Everything mm. happened within a week, basically. Wow! And I, I think I, I read the script on a Wednesday. Saturday, uh-huh. I was in Zimbabwe. Uh, I met with the the crew and the director on Saturday. Monday, we started filming. Really? And for the whole, mu- yeah. And for the whole well, month. When month, did, did you read it, the
0: script though?
1: Over the weekend. Well, you know, this is, when you're passionate about something, you read the script on the day, <laughs> like you get mm-hmm. It. Mm-hmm. Um, literally. Mm-hmm. And then so. Monday we start filming and the rest of that month it was July 2017 and wow. we filmed the whole month uh-huh. and um, the rest is history like literally oh, wow but again like I'm saying to you it was very very interesting for me about how you know God I think God was really just telling me it doesn't matter where you end up in the world like remain Zimbabwean and you know don't don't let who you are like mm. fade away or try to change who you are just because you feel like you know your identity is kind of like a disadvantage sometimes um i mean there's so many spaces where it feels like being Zimbabwean is like a thorn in the flesh you know no no, <laughs> no, no i hear you and that's what you know i i say to people that
0: there is a burden of being I'm, i mean i'm Nigerian myself who lives in in johannesburg there's a burden of being nigerian and I mean, I would say, as soon as someone picks up my accent and someone says, where are you from? First of all, they hardly pick it up without like a, and I'm not sure if it's, so so the person says, where are you from? And his face or her face is lit up. And you are not now sure if it's a positive light up or it's a negative. Sometimes the person is probably saying, oh, because obviously we have a few icons. And the person is saying, oh my goodness, your voice reminds me or your comment reminded me of Chinamanda, which is positive. Oh, his yeah. eyes flickers and he's thinking, oh, yeah, are Nigerian. Yo, we do have a lot of drug. Go, 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 go. You know, ETC, ETC. I remember being <laughs> in an Uber and the guy was complaining and talking about, you know, these Nigerians. And I just thought, God, in Kira, I hope you keep your mouth shut so that he doesn't pick up your accent until you get to your destination. But
1: mm-hmm. I think
0: it's just to so buttress, you know, the point that you make that there is a burden you know of being nigerian but it doesn't preclude all of the marvelous things that have come out from nigeria from Mm -hmm. from shining through and i think dito dito zimbabwe but (laughs) but please 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 go ahead or maybe i should tell you a few of the lessons that i've just gotten from that piece because i'd like to articulate them so
1: and you've been doing a great job by the way i'm so Ah! glad that's exactly what i was trying to say (laughs) So, 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 so I
0: liked the piece about, you know, feeling the Lord telling you to keep going and yeah. you keep. And, and there are a lot of us that discount mm. ourselves even before we've been discounted. So mm. another person could have felt, oh God, he didn't respond. Yo, he must be tired. Or yo, he gets 50,000 actresses. But no, that wasn't you. He <laughs> you keep going. And in the going was also a readiness. You said to me, when you're passionate about something, you can deliver in. And it's back to that passion that burns and enable you to do the extra mile. And I see mm-hmm. people who, you know, you want all of these things, but one little no, and you're thinking, oh, but he's so harsh. Oh, he's talking to me unkindly. I'm so hurt. What's your business about being hurt when so you so passionately want something and must move forward to get that thing? So I think, I think, I think tender those are very powerful lessons, and I'm holding on to them you know for some of mine I mean I, I never have these conversations without taking personal lessons actually I have an action just based on your consistency in knocking on that door I'm going to knock on some setting door I've been knocking on do not give up you thank <laughs> you thank you girl I'm not going to I'm going to knock on that door now as soon as I get off this but I also wanted to just 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 tell me about cookout tell me about Netflix tell me about this you know, this break, I mean, at some mm-hmm. point we'll do what's your next, but I just want to hear, and 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 I'm also so curious, what are you doing about, okay, that's it, that's always me, when I'm curious, I'm asking you ten questions, because my brain is going right, left, and center, but please keep those two questions, because I'm layering, layering on a third one, okay. what are you doing about Hollywood, because you are a very nice looking Hollywood fit, <laughs> and and I mean it, honestly, I mean it in many counts, I mean it by pictures <laughs> outlook and you just have a little bit of lupita going on around you and i'm not sure how but
1: let's just tell me <laughs> you know the amount of, if i could count the amount of people who says you're the next lupita oh Actually, but thank
0: you tendai that's me <laughs> you know i said it to you i said it to myself when i saw her this morning so if that's a lot of us then this must be god saying something to you because i told you there's a god factor you're kidding right
1: Uh, I'm not I'm not joking like literally um like people a lot of people say that to me and you know it's actually something funny enough I I accept that compliment a lot but it's also something that I have had to kind of reconcile with myself personally because I remember um when she won the Oscar award hello and um it was actually that was actually in 20 was it in 2012 or 13 I had just graduated and um you know I was looking for role models I was looking for inspiration Mm -hmm. and I remember seeing her story I was literally stalking this woman I was researching about her her journey everything and I remember thinking because she she managed to get into Yale drama school and she studied Mm -hmm. there and I remember thinking oh my goodness that is exactly what I need to do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean and Mm -hmm. it was my dream actually to um to study at Yale dramas, but for, for, the, for the longest time, you know, it's expensive. You have to be there in person to audition. And so for the longest time throughout, so this whole journey I've been explaining to you throughout all these years, I was just saying, one day I'm gonna go to Yale and I'm gonna study oh, at man. Yale. And I mean, it could still happen, but I did try. So this is my Hollywood story for now. Oh, As it stands, I, again, divine intervention managed to get sponsors for me to go to Yale to Uh I mean to go to America to audition Uh for Yale drama school and like I'm saying to you every step of the way it was like divine intervention right and by the way I haven't told many people this story because I think I was still healing from it (laughs) Uh it it happened in 2020 actually just before the pandemic so Uh 2020 February I was in uh, California auditioning uh-huh. for Yale Drama School, uh-huh. I didn't make it in, and I remember being so lost and devastated uh-huh. because remember it's something that I had thought would be the answer to me getting into Hollywood because getting uh-huh. into Hollywood is not you don't just get into Hollywood you know this uh-huh. you know and I I, I and I I looked at Lupita I'd looked at another amazing actress called uh, Lanae Gurira she's Zimbabwean they both went to Ivy League universities study drama there, right. and because once you study at an Ivy League drama school, you basically get access to agents, to managers, to oh, casting directors. Really? Yeah, yeah. So these Ivy League schools basically prep you to get into Hollywood, right? So, oh, really? They do. So I suppose it makes sense. The girl,
0: and obviously you know her name. The, the gosh, my children love that program.
1: The, Which the other version is Gronish. Oh yes, um, What's her? I know her. We yeah. know her, right? But so she studies, so, so,
0: She just so that explains at Harvard, right. right? Yes, I saw she went to Harvard, and
1: but then Harvard, she wasn't studying drama at Harvard. Oh really? Yeah, she's just super intelligent. I think she was studying something else. I don't think it was drama. Oh okay. No no no. Oh I don't okay. Know studying drama, but yeah, it's great. Like Ivy League schools, I think generally prepare you for you know like really top um professional um career paths right um so then there i was you know thinking yeah would be my answer so you can imagine the devastation i had after all these people had helped me get to the audition and then i didn't get in because it's very competitive so i Mm -hmm. made it into like the second round but i didn't make Mm -hmm. it into the final round and i remember just thinking to myself oh my gosh i came all this way and you know i didn't get in but you know god again this is what happened with my Hollywood story so Uh (laughs) um Uh I auditioned in um I auditioned in San Francisco Uh I didn't get in and can you believe this literally in the next few days there was Uh going to be a a um, a festival in Los Angeles called the Pan-African Film Festival and guess what was showing at the Pan-African Film Festival
0: I can't, I'm too um, nervous to guess, so you must just tell me, please.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Cook Off was showing. No! Yeah. Oh, was that how Cook of came? This is before it went on to Netflix. So this is no, 2020 February. Just look at God and die. I failed to get into Yale. And literally the following week, I am on a red carpet representing Cook Off in oh, Los wow. Angeles, in Hollywood, basically. And i remember that that for me was like so special because even though i was so devastated it gave me hope i was like okay well Mm. here you are in hollywood in america in la Mm. and your first feature film is now traveling the world and going to different festivals around the world and you're in hollywood yes you didn't Mm. make it but exactly 10 years later since you started studying drama it's like god gave me a present you know i'm in hollywood i got to go to the hollywood walk of fame i i mean it was it was so special for me and it wasn't just cook off by the way my second film was also showing so i had two films showing at this festival wow um so that's my hollywood story and then the pandemic hit and then i came back to (laughs) sarga but um and then months later so literally like four months later in june 2020 that's when cook off Went on to Netflix, and by the way, I didn't know all of this was going to happen when I auditioned at Yale. I didn't know that Cook was going to go into Netflix. So for me, when I came back to South Africa from America, I was like still, you know, processing this failure, quote unquote. Um, uh. And little did I know that you know, so many people around the world were about to um, watch my first film. So, um, so it was yeah, it was it's been quite a journey with Hollywood um mm. what was your first question before we got to Hollywood I think That's you mean, it
0: just threw me over now I'm so doubly excited so it's worth- I know <laughs> it's
1: <laughs> no the story <laughs> the journey has been quite uh, adventurous um I must say yeah when I think of my yeah. life story it's very interesting yeah it has <laughs> been um
0: adventurous and I mean I suppose those who because I know I've had a few buffs and shouts of look at God but I think for those who know and who believe there is indeed, you know, a God factor. I think. I think maybe instead of struggling to remember that question, it is to speak out a few lessons from, you know, the last comments that you know you made. Mm-hmm. And I think for me is is first there is of course reiterating that there's a God factor, um, and therefore you had that piece. But but something I I picked up when you were talking was for a lot of the nice things that have happened to you. You've kind of known the date, so you you said one to me was in July, you know. Another one was when, and and I think that to my mind, that's a heart of gratitude because now you are remembering <laughs> the tiny, weenie details, you know. Shows that you remember what happened and when, and a place, you know, of gratitude. I, I, I suppose the second piece is you could have just soaked off and got on the flight same day, you know, to just go back and. I always call it the duvet treatment. When something doesn't go well, people are talking and talking. I just want to go home and lie under my duvet and just sleep. It doesn't matter if it's two PM or I just want to sleep. So you could have also just hopped on the flight and gone home, mm. you know, to moan and cry under mm. a duvet and then missed out on what was happening in SFO or wherever you said it was.
1: In Los Angeles,
0: yeah. 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 But it's 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 well done well super done Thank so, you. so i think just tell us you know a few lessons you would about integrating whether it's in a new country or whether it's in a new sector um so there may be working girls who are listening who are trying to break in i had a mentorship call last week saturday okay just the saturday that went past and someone was saying to me i'd like to break into x ex- sector what types of skills do I require and what must I do so maybe you can
1: help me with some of that um so you know just to actually give some perspective on how I've been learning some of these lessons myself Uh is you know when I was struggling to get work you know those three years I was really really stuck on being an actress by the way like I was just like this is what I want to do with my life and because I was kind of I felt like I was fighting people about it I was really really like stuck on it right and then so it took a lot for me to actually study my MBA program and but what I realized while I was studying the MBA program it actually prepared me I wouldn't have reached out to that producer you know and gotten on to cook off had I not gone through the MBA program because there's some lessons that they taught us um, you know things perspectives and things that i I hadn't learned in drama school you remember Uh like i i went specifically i studied literally film media and drama and Uh in business school they taught us about uh, flexibility because the world is so is changing so quickly um you need to be flexible you need to be agile you need to think outside the box you know you can't rely on your past Uh successes the, what worked yesterday may not work tomorrow. You know, uh-huh. things like that. Like, they, that, it was a way of thinking I'd never thought about. So here I was struggling to get work. I'd been doing the same thing for three years. Uh. And so that's what prompted me to actually say, well, why don't I try Zimbabwe? You know, it was me thinking outside the box. It uh. was me saying, I need to do something different. And so the lessons, some of the lessons I've actually learned are, you know, exactly that. Like, um, I would say just keep an open mind be ready to change where you need to change Uh, be flexible uh, be agile because the environments you find yourself in you know are going to be so different sometimes and again like what I said what worked yesterday may not work today so always be on the lookout for opportunities for um don't be afraid to like ask for help I remember when I was going through my my phase of learning and of Uh trying to get work I would ask so many questions to so many different types. I was not shy anymore by the time I asked that producer you know if there was anything happening I had been asking a lot of people a lot of questions before Uh that you know I would reach out again on social media I'd reach out on Instagram to people I'd reach out on Facebook some people Uh didn't respond I'll be honest um but there are others who did and it really really inspired me and it helps me you know ask for advice um keep learning and you know a a thing also that I learned at business school is about learning and relearning like unlearning and relearning sorry so there are things that we're doing today that we might have to unlearn so we can Uh relearn the new things that we need to be doing you know um Because a lot of times we get stuck in what was or our way of doing things now. Mm -hmm. And so all those things, you know, have really helped shape my career. I won't, I won't lie. Like a lot of it wasn't, you know, the changes I was able to make at that certain time were not actually rooted in drama. They were rooted in me stepping out of my comfort zone. Because the MBA program, I'm not like the most like, um, I'm not mathematical or uh-huh. I think I struggled with the finance courses. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it was me really stepping out of my comfort zone and learning a whole plethora of new courses that I'd never learned before. Um, again, that really helped me because by stepping out of my comfort zone, I was able to learn so many things that I wouldn't have learned had I just stayed with my acting. Um, and also I got to travel outside of Africa for the first time on my wow. MBA. Um, you know, I got a scholarship to, to go to Poland for six mm. months um, and finish my degree there so for me that was special because i'd always wanted to travel outside of africa mm. and so um again it was me stepping out of my comfort zone i lived in poland um i mean it's a country where again you don't find a lot of black people, people there uh-huh. <laughs> um so again that was also an interesting environment to be in uh, i also learned lessons there like just be again be open-minded and you know um, I think oh, empathy is very underrated uh-huh. um, a lot of times we meet different types of people and you know I think I've discussed this with, with a couple of my friends is that uh-huh. um, we find ourselves in very new environments in different places uh-huh. and I guess our first assumption is you know maybe someone has experienced what I've experienced but that's mm. not really true some people have never left their countries right some people have true. never like I, and i say this uh, to a lot of people exposure is a privilege right mm. um the more you're that. exposed to something yeah the more you're exposed to something the more you know you're learning and growing as a human being mm. and so some people haven't had the privilege of exposure and you know they don't know what it's like to be in a foreign country they don't know what it's like to be you know, you know, to to meet different types of people, uh-huh. and it's a privilege to have to to know how you know how to respond, how to act, uh-huh. how to embrace people who are different from you. And so, even when I was in Poland, I remember I'd be in a bus, and like children would be looking at me like I probably know it was the first time seeing a black person. Who knows? Uh-huh. Um, but like it's it's one of those things where you're like, okay, do how will I respond to this? How do I decide to behave and how do i decide to um, embrace this experience this new experience that i'm experiencing and um i think it's it's also a privilege to be the first person that these people are interacting with right i mean it's just about also i guess all you're saying about gratitude and seeing things Mm. from a different perspective always choosing to see things from um, a more positive perspective and i am careful to use this whole positivity thing because i think there are times when you need to be realistic um and be like okay what changes do I need to make or how can I make my situation better like don't stay in places obviously where you're not welcome I don't think that's the key but it is about looking for because in every society I do believe there are people who are not going to be evil and are not going to be unwelcoming for example how we met is to me right to me started this book club and anyone can join and to Uh me has been one of my very few south african friends uh-huh. <laughs> um but she's amazing she's welcoming she's you know she's she's just full of love um and so like in every society and everywhere you go uh-huh. you always find people who are going to be your allies and people who are going to be um instrumental in your next step even though you may not have expected them to be you know right I mean? so you might think oh this uh-huh. is a hostile situation but even in that situation you can find someone Who will be your
0: ally um so yeah just an open mind is important
1: anyway i've I've said a lot so
0: and 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 i suppose the thing is when you say or when you are saying i'm picking the lessons and and i mean there are more than a couple of lessons i've picked exposure being a privilege is obviously i mean i suppose you know these things but if you don't articulate them they don't land so you articulating it has has landed and and empathy is just banded up and down but sometimes if people don't um, understand your lived experience yeah. it won't they may not just get it and may not be as empathetic mm. but i think the most powerful piece now is the agile and open-minded you mm. know we say these things we banded them there are tons of motivational seekers you know online that are talking about it every day but (laughs) if it wasn't coming quickly you know on the south african side or international scene you know just doing a detour being agile enough to unlearn the mindset you had and just do a detour and turn around and face you know zim to get that platform you perhaps couldn't have been here today because you could have just been stuck on that spot trying to crack through whereas and and it reminds me of sometimes you can need to step back one step to come forward, or sometimes you can go right or left to come forward. But as long as you never stop moving forward, I think that's, you know, pieces of what I pick from from your lesson. So I think mm-hmm. it's, it's, thank you, Tendai. Tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of, of lessons that we have here. Um, I'm also, I'm hoping that the working girls who have been listening have been picking up tons. And since I'm your great summarizer, I'm going to let <laughs> Tendai give us her last few words and then I will do us a high level summary um so Tendai over to you just a few last words for the working girl and you can think about all the circumstances working girls who are making career transitions in a certain career now and are trying you know to break through um I think just just advice that you can give someone who's expatriating, just just advice that can help
1: another working girl um, move forward so over to you thank you um i think some advice um it's something that i've been learning as well like i said i'm interested in in business and development i've also been exploring new um avenues and new career career paths and something that i've been learning is um self-belief Um, You know, if you really truly believe that this is what you're supposed to be doing and you know you're capable and you're willing to put in the work and willing to learn, believe in yourself, you know, don't doubt yourself. I know sometimes doubts do come in and fears come in, but push through all of that and don't look in the past where you failed um you know forgive yourself whatever you need to forgive yourself for for the failures that you've done or made in the past forgive yourself even for time you think you have wasted not doing what you wanted to do just let that all go and believe in yourself and go for it and like I was saying before be willing to learn 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 you know even if it means you know starting from scratch or if it means um you know doing something you didn't think you you, you're supposed to be doing right now like just you know (laughs) look at what you can gain from you know even connecting with people at that at a certain level like for example i was willing when i got cook off, i was willing to be i remember telling him i was willing to do anything on the production set i wasn't expecting to get a lead role i was thinking i'm gonna go on set. i can even serve tea that was my thinking um you know to have that kind of attitude where you reach out to people if you need to like ask them what you could do for them while you learn anything like just again be open-minded and I will not stress this enough self-belief is very important because you will get times where things will become hard you know it's not going to be an easy road changing stuff you know change is never easy um or going for what you really truly want it's never going to be easy but if you truly believe in yourself and in your journey um then it will help so much more um it's like half the battle is won once you have that belief in yourself once your mental state is in the right place mm. Mm.
0: Yeah. thank you thank you Tendai Shatima. it has been a true true pleasure to have you thank on the you podcast for having me Thank you so much for coming on. Um, ladies who have been listening, uh, we have had Tendai Shatima, who, apart from having an MBA um, and a first degree, she is an actress who has so many shows um, you know, airing, and then she's got cookouts on Netflix. But she has shared you know, very valuable lessons with us today on um, getting ahead in your sector. She's spoken to us about agility about unlearning, about empathy about forgiving yourself I do hope that you enjoy it and I'm going to hand over to Tendai Tendai can you tell us where we can find you on social media all of your handles so people who want to follow can come through
1: yes um please look for me on Instagram and on Twitter um Tendai share underscore Chitima that's my full name Tendai share underscore Chitima and I'm also on Facebook, but I'm not too active on Facebook right now. And, um, and you I'm better also... be active. That's where the last producer contacted you from. The one, the first. I person. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I've been trying to have a healthy relationship with social media. So I'm not super active okay. all the time. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, they can also find me on LinkedIn. Uh, there's more information for me on LinkedIn. And, yeah, look for Cook Off on Netflix as well. Okay, okay thank you thank you
0: thank you for coming on the podcast for the working girl i'm sure we'll connect further later cheers cheers thank you